Welcome to the last edition <laughs> of Second City Sports Weekend Edition, Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. You can follow the show Second City Sports on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. Videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday on YouTube. You can follow the show at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms. That's WARR on Anchor. And you can follow WeAreRegalRadio.com. W-E-A-R-E. R-E-G-A-L radio.com. I'm slipping today. <laughs> I think I got the address correct, didn't I? Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. Good. Good. W-A-R-R media. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. W-A-R media. You can follow on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Excuse me. That's at W-A-R media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can follow us there. Thank you very much in advance. For your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we have very definite opinions. <laughs> in a ma- we have a major show announcement coming at you guys later on in the program, so stay tuned for that. Lakina, as we kick off this uh, edition of Second City Sports Weekend Edition, I feel pretty good as we talk baseball. The Chicago White Sox are taking on the Chicago Cubs. We'll give you all the bells and whistles on our next episode coming up on Monday. We'll, like I said, we'll explain more about that later on in the show. Lakina, I know the White Sox are 9-12 since the All-Star break. And I know they lost their last two series to the Kansas City Royals. But I'm still feeling pretty good because all the stars are coming back. Elo Jimenez, he hasn't looked good yet, which I expect. I know he has he has one big home run, and that was the last Tuesday's win at Kansas City. I know that Delacis has looked good, and the only one in Kansas City here in Chicago earlier this week with 11 strikeouts and six plus innings. I know that Luis Robert is coming back pretty soon. I know that Tim Anderson is swinging a hot stick. I know Jose Abreu has had a great July. I know Sebi Savala. The backup catcher is having a, a hot streak for a rookie. But I still feel good, not only because of the big division league you have over the Cleveland Indians, soon to be Guardians, but the starting pitching is starting to come around. Now, on the bad side, Lucas Giolito did not look good in his last start on Thursday. The offense, as we said to you guys all year, has been hit and miss. I know the majority of it is due to the, the, to the injuries. But other guys have stepped in and stepped up valuably. I still feel pretty good. I'm not as pessimistic as some people yet. But as we told you guys in our last couple of episodes, the schedule is about to get tougher. And the White Sox are putting it together at the right time. Look, I, I, I am concerned, but I'm not going to jump off the bridge just yet. No, I think, look, I think for me, as I said before, I mean, look, you're going to have series where you're going to lose, you know, two out of three or three out of four. It's just how it is. I mean, the Royals have actually been, a, have always been a pain in the, uh, the White Sox side. I mean, you know, Giolito did not look good on that Wednesday start. He didn't. I mean, but let's just, you know, he's been honest about it. You know, 
gave up six runs and it, it just wasn't his best start. And I, I think that's sort of like, okay, that's just sort of the pitfalls of, this, of a long season where you're going to have, you know, it ebbs and flows and you're going to have, you know, just not have your, your just not going to have your good stuff that day. I mean, Keiko, I mean, his start was a little bit better on, you know, on Thursday, but you know, he, he'll, he had five strikeouts, but again, you know, he had three walks and that led to a couple of runs. So that didn't really help his cause either. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not freaking out yet. Now, as you said, Sid, the schedule does get tougher for the White Sox. I mean, of course, after, you know, the Cubs series, you know, no disrespect for the Cubs, but that's not, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to go go there with, the, with it just yet. You know, we'll talk a little bit of Cubs in a second, but after the Cubs, you know, they got Minnesota, they got four against, you know, four against the Yankees at, like, at G-Raid. You got Oakland, you know, Oakland's always been, you know, problems for them for the white Sox. i mean mm-hmm. you got then then after that you go at the rays and go to toronto to play the blue jays a really good blue jays team it looks like they're starting to kind of get together it's mm-hmm. bringing a nice little run so it, it's gonna get tough these next couple of weeks for the white Sox. and look you're not you don't have to worry about your division because you pretty much got that wrapped up but again if you want to mm-hmm. improve your seating and perhaps not having to play maybe you know uh Toronto or Oakland right away you better you know take care in these series and unfortunately you know they haven't been able to do that ever since the break but I look I'm not gonna you know push the panic button just yet I'm not getting the sense either that the White Sox are just taking these games for granted that's why you have Tony LaRusso as your manager he's not gonna let this team get too high or get too low I don't think they're just going out there and going through the motions but at the same time you can't just go out there and think that you can go through the most is expect to win either. So this is still a young team. As I mentioned before, early in the season, you still have veterans, young veterans that have been there before. In Dallas Keiko, you won the World Series with the Astros. You still have Jose Abreu, who's the longest tenure uh, player on the White Sox. But this is still a very young team, still growing up and learning how to play together as a team. You had a little taste of success last year getting into the playoffs. You win in one game. But that that's not enough. This team says it's going to go for it all. Now you have uh, Craig Kimbrough. He, he's been in pressure situations before. He's been to the wars in the playoffs. You have Ryan Tapera, who's bounced around this, this league before. So he's been on winning teams. So you still have veterans there. But uh, the, the attitude of the team needs to be still, you know, let's go out and win each and every day, play consistently. Let's not take any days. Oh, let's not go through the motions. I do not sense that right now. Like you say, it's going through a tough stretch, but they got to turn it around and turn it around fast because after this Cubs series, you, you should mention uh, Minnesota, even though they're down, uh, they can still uh, put a foot in your behind. So, and after that, it gets tough. You had that uh, Yankees series, of course, the Thursday game in Iowa before you have a day off to come back here and then play the Yankees to wrap up that series next weekend at uh, Sox Park. And then you got three at Tampa Bay. And you know, they just picked up Nelson Cruz, your nemesis from Minnesota. So that's not going to be an easy series. And so, you, as we said in the last couple of episodes, looking in playoff mode is now. This is the month of August. We're in the sixth day as it's recording of August. We just begin this month. These are the dog days of summer, and everything goes through it, whether you're winning or you're losing. So, for the White Sox, if you want to be taken seriously, this is playoff baseball and it starts right now. 
Well, and, and like you said, Sid, I think you know, the good news is that everybody you know, is coming back. I mean, it's going to take Eloy a couple of weeks to kind of get back into that Eloy mode that we know and love. You know, Robert will probably be back in about a, in a few weeks as well. You know, he's playing very well down there in AAA. So, in Charlotte. So, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I'm not, like, worried if, you know, about the White Sox, you know, right now. But, again, if they end up losing some of these games, I mean – it's gonna probably gonna be a, a short you know visit for the White Sox in the playoffs because this is sort of like the time when you're supposed to kind of get into playoff mode. So let let's see if they can do it. I I, I think they can. You know, you got Tony La Russa, you know, who's been through this before. So I'm not too worried. But again, I think if you can get you know, get the Cubs series over and done with, you know, get those the Twin series. I know they I know you lost the series against the Twins uh, the last time you guys played, but. Look, I think you can still, you know, perhaps maybe put together a little bit of something before you go into that tough stress against the Yankees and, and the mm-hmm. A's. And, you know, it'll be very interesting, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, you just need to pile up the wins and play with, with some consistency. That's the uh, the goal from here on out. All right. So, so I know you haven't – I know you haven't watched a lot of Cubs baseball, and I, I don't blame you because a lot of the – you know, most of the <laughs> most of the, uh, the, the players, you, you, it's mostly AAA guys. It's basically – you know, Hendricks and Arietta, and I know um, now Hayward's out with a index, a bruise index, so he's on the aisle for the next 10 games. It's mostly, I mean, it, unfortunately, it's mostly like, you know, the you know, minor league guys at this point. You know, they lost two out of three against uh, the Rockies. They, of course, they got the White Sox. And, and I think at this point, it, it's going to be a tough one for Cubs fans to, as they finish out the season. Of course, you got Milwaukee and Miami. So you're basically just, you know, I, I heard um, Jed Hoyer, of course, the GM, working around saying that he hopes that this is a full and re- rebuild and that maybe he can get Baez and Bryant and Rizzo to come back. You know, But again, that's a, that's a discussion for at the end of the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, all you can really say about the Cubs is just, you know, maybe try to finish strong and see if, because as I said before, you're not going to be able to, to sell a, a long rebuild to Cubs fans. And and as I, as I said before, unfortunately, that's going to be sort of the thing where you're going to, you know, you got, especially now that the Ricketts family have voted on, you know, to get uh, Wrigley, sort of the stuff around Wrigley. So that's going to be money coming in you know, mm-hmm. and revenue. So you're not going to be able to, like I said, like I said, you know, by, by the end of, by this time next year, you're not going to be able to sell a rebuild to, to the fans because you're going to, you're going to have to sort of just sit there and just say, okay, you know what? We got the money now. We can perhaps maybe get a free agent, you know, maybe mm-hmm. get one of the guys, the three guys that we just mentioned to come back. So I don't know. What do, what do you think? As you said in our last episode, this is on the job training right now for the Cubs. This season is pretty much a wash, perhaps next year as well. We'll see what happens, like you said, this time next year when supposedly all this money is coming in, um, recovering from this pandemic. Now, what Tom Ricketts has uh, given uh, GMJ Hoyer the green light to do. We knew that this was coming, but if you listen to Anthony Rizzo's comments from earlier this week on ESPN 1000 here in Chicago on our good friend, John the hood and cap show, uh, it, his comments uh, were anything but polite to <laughs> Mr. Hoyer. And uh, I, I, maybe some more things we'll probably find out about what happened during the trade deadline down the road. Uh, with with Jed Hoyer, but I here's here's the thing, Lakina. I it, it the the plan for Mr. Hoyer it may be in good faith when all this is said and done, but right now it just doesn't look good. 
I know we were under the impression that he was going to get rid of a couple of people, but to get rid of your whole entire superstar core, the, um, people are still in shock in terms of fans after all this. But getting back to Ornifield, this is on the job training for the rest of the season and perhaps next year as well. So you got to find out what you have. And it, really what the problem is for the Cubs is their scouting department. They had, they, they had still had to rebuild their minor league system. I know they got a few pieces uh, through these trades, but it's just not enough. You, you want to be a team like hopefully the White Sox are becoming, a team like the Astros, the definitely the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Tampa Bay Rays, even though they don't pay anybody, you still have talent coming up the pipeline through your minor league system. I know that's the that should be the goal of the Cubs right now. You worry about them winning in the major league level, and rightfully so, but you can't do that unless you have talent throughout your single-A, double-A, and triple-A affiliates. They had to and, build that up first. Yeah, and I think that's going to be sort of like the million-dollar question. Will they be able to rebuild that farm system from, you know, triple-A and double-A and, and single-A? And, and also, like I said, too, I mean, you know, yes, on-the-job training and, you know, the core and, you know, they they should have won one more World Series. Okay, yeah, we can look. We can have that discussion until the cows come home. But I think you know, eventually mm-hmm. it's going to get to a point where I think you're going to have to, you know, if you read Tom Rickett's statement, it just doesn't. It just seems a little tone deaf, in my opinion. I don't want to get into it because we got some other stuff to talk about. But you know, I think if you're <laughs> if you're if you're a coach, I think you're kind of like really that that that's really your really. I mean, at this this core, you know, made you guys relevant again. This is probably the best core of the Cubs in the best years you know, going to the playoffs consistently, being right there, you know, for the LCS, getting, finally breaking that drought, 100 plus drought and winning a World Series. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I just like, hopefully we can get to the, get back to that again. Like I said, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, no more than two years, not going to be able to sell it. Cause if you, if they do struggle next year, if they don't at least try to turn the corner, you know, people are going to stop coming, going to Wrigley. And I think that's the one thing that I'm sure the Riggs family does not want you saw them when they first bought the team uh, back in 2011, 2012, in the first part of 2013. That did happen. Yes, it did. So, so it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So and I, and I hope and I hope you know Tom you know remembers that. So you know you better hope that by this time next year you know they're at least trying to turn the corner, at least say okay, you know what, let's get we've got some you know we got some you know prospects, we got some you know good players coming mm-hmm. up. Maybe we can get maybe we can get a free agent signing or two and just, you know, maybe we can be there in contention. Cause it's look, I'm sure the central, no one's going to run away from the central. We're not going to see a dynasty in the central. So it does that mm-hmm. has that division ebbs and flows too. So hopefully by next year, they can at least turn the corner. Cause if not, people are not going to show up to Wrigley. And I think that's something that the, that the Cubs, you know, front office and you know, the Cubs ownership, they do not want. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Sydney Browns. We talk Major League Baseball. Lakina, what was your best end or worst moment from the rest of the baseball world this past week? Well, the former Cubs core—they're all doing well for their respective new teams. I mean, I think I think uh, Rizzo. I think he's the first Yan- Yankee um, to. That is, that's where it's saying that to to homer in his first few games with the Yankees and his debut with the team. So that's. That's you know great, and they've you know they've won three in a row as of this. They've won eight of their last ten as of this recording, so they're starting to turn the mm-hmm. corner a little bit. Um, Baez with the Mets. Now, unfortunately, the Mets have they have not <laughs> on the flip side. <laughs> you know, losing three of their last ten. Um, so it's getting a little close in that uh, NL East, but we'll get to that in a second. Also, too, you know, Chris Bryant's been doing pretty well, keeping the Giants you know up at the top of the NL West to go keep the Dodgers. They've had their, they've had their struggles too at bay. So 
I think for me is really sort of like the former Cubs, you know, doing, you know, doing well and contributing mm-hmm. to their new teams. Uh, going along with you, Lakina, the Anaheim Angels, they took, uh, they take care of the Rangers th- this week. But I want to talk about uh, Shohei Otani. He, he, <laughs> this guy's on an, another level. He's your AL MVP winner, as far as I'm concerned. I know he's, <clears throat> excuse me, some people are dubbed in this generation's Babe Ruth, maybe so. But that guy is amazing, and it's no, it's no more superlatives or any more words I can say about that guy. He's just awesome. But I want to talk about that two-game series between the Astros and Dodgers. <laughs> of course, both those teams. Uh, <sighs> Has some history dating back to the 2017 World Series where the Astros cheated, normally cheated, but their title was not vacated. Unfortunately, I was listening to some L.A. sports radio uh, this week, and um, it was some things that I didn't like that I've heard. And then uh, it was confirmed to me via the social media. And (sighs) what (laughs) I know, I know things are getting back to normal, Okay even with the shenanigans that's trying to pop up again, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I'm keeping it with sports. Um, fans, it's, it is a privilege, not a right. It is a privilege, not a right. One more again, as the kids would say. It is a privilege, not a right, to attend these games, okay? I know we're happy to be back in the stadiums. I know we're happy to cheer on for our teams, but you do not I repeat, do not have a right to act a fool. Some of the things I saw and heard uh, every time the Astros player fouled the, fouled the ball into the stands, some Dodgers fans uh, threw it over the protective netting and threw it on the field of play. That's not helping your team. That's hurting your team. And then you got some Dodgers fans fighting with some Astro fans. And you got other Dodgers fans fighting with other Dodgers fans, especially with kids uh, watching and you wonder why some, not all, but some of our young people are confused and acting now because they're, they're looking at some of you adults supposed to be role models. So you acted like five-year-olds. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, I heard some and, of those. Yeah, know. I saw some of those, some of that stuff. And I, I was just like, really? Like, <laughs> like it, it just, it, it's like, really? I mean, you know, people always say that, you know, that adults act like children and ch- like adults. And unfortunately, in this case, all the adults mm-hmm. were acting like children and it is just unfortunate that it's kind of like, okay, you know, people want to act like idiots and, and look, mm-hmm. I know there's no love lost between the two. I know that you know, the Dodgers fans booed the Astros. Okay, fine. I get it. And, you know, you felt like. But we take it too far. It goes excessive. Yeah. That's why I have a problem with. Yeah. It's yeah a, not not yeah. to interrupt. Yeah. Not to interrupt you, Lakina. I know this is Cub Sox weekend here in Chicago. I know there's a Beltway series to the Dodgers and Angels. Yep. We'll preview the rest of the weekend series in just a moment, but. I know it's a fun rivalry going back to Cub Sox. I know it's a fun rivalry. I like to have fun just like everybody else. But let's keep it fun. Let's not act stupid. No fighting, please. Well, Go you on. know, there's always going to be a couple of fights, you know, unfortunately. And that's just how it is. But, you know, like, like I said before, I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a good series. They split the two-game series. You know, the Astros won the first one. The Dodgers won the second one. So, you know, maybe, maybe a World Series preview again. We'll see. But, you know, it's just I just find it, you know, interesting that and and not not hilarious but just you know you, you shake your head mm-hmm. at some of the some of the antics that happened you know outside of the outside the field but you know it, it's it is what it is so you know people are going to be acting stupid and and you know we may be on the brick again of you know don't want to go there but you know we might be on mm-hmm. lockdown in some form again so y'all better y'all better stop before we get you get put in time out again 
Just saying. <laughs> All right. So some of the yeah, we'll... some of the weekend series that we have coming up, of course, besides Cubs and White Sox, you got the Mets and the Phillies. And look, that's going to be very interesting because the Mets are now, as of this recording, only a half game up on the Phillies in the AL East. In, in AL East, I should say. So, you know, that should be a fun series there. Seattle and New York, you know, they're finishing up their series. Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Boston and Toronto. Like I said, Toronto. Has Big been, series. That's huge because Toronto's won eight of their last ten and have won three in a row. So it's coming back to now playing in Toronto, I think there's definitely you could definitely feel the energy and excitement from that young team. You know, their their pitch has been playing better. You know, Barrios has you know, had another, another good outing a couple of days ago. Their hitting, yeah, real of course, quickly, real, no, just let me finish this. But you know, the hitting has okay. been really solid, so that should be a that should be a really good series with Boston and Toronto. Yeah, did you catch Toronto's uh, uh, re-home opener last Friday? Yeah, that was a, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and shout out to the to to the Toronto Gay Men's Choir who did the national and the both national anthems. I know they beat the Kansas City Royals. If I know we're not from Canada, I don't know if you traveled to Canada before, Lakina. I haven't. Hopefully, I'll get to do that before we check up out of here. But uh, if you didn't get emotional after that, uh, you got issues. I'll leave it at that. It was, it was it well was, done by the, the Toronto Blue Jays organization. It was I know beautiful. there's some restrictions. So, yeah, there's still some restrictions, like you said, in in, mm-hmm. in in Canada with some of the, you know, you still gotta stay distant. You still gotta, you know, I think they're still, they don't, they're not letting a full capacity. I think it's only like maybe about two thirds, half or two thirds capacity from what I've read. Yeah, as so, of right now, yeah. As of now, so. You know, still, you know, a really beautiful moment. And I think, you could, like I said, you could, you could feel like there's a new sense of energy now that they're home mm-hmm. again. You can, you can feel it. And their placement, you know, it's like I said, you know, they won eight of the last 10 as of this recording. And mm-hmm. they've been playing better even before that. So Toronto's starting to yeah. turn a corner. There's, they could definitely, I don't know, if they, I don't know it might, they might be too far back to win the East. You know, look, if they can do well against the series of Boston, that could help a little bit and, you know, sort of chip away at that lead. Mm-hmm. But Toronto's been looking really good. Yeah. Do you like their home run jacket? <laughs> well, look. Everybody has look. Every look. Every team has their quirks, right? Of course, you got the you know, the Miami you know, University football team with a turnover chain. You know, now everyone's copying mm-hmm. it. Now you got the you know, the jackets. I mean, I think it's it's fun. I mean, look, it makes baseball fun. Look, I don't know if we'll be seeing any of that with our either one of our Chicago teams, but they're you know it, it's fun. I mean, it gets baseball fun. And look, these are they're young, so they of course they can do that. They they can do that. I mean, they're young. They can do that kind of stuff. And they're winning, and they're winning. So it's always good, you know, when that happens and you're winning. It's, it makes it even sweeter. Facts. <laughs> All right, go on. All right, Detroit and Cleveland in the AL Central. Then you got Pittsburgh and Cincy. You got another good one here, uh, Washington and Atlanta. Atlanta's been playing very well, too. You know, I know Acuna's out, but a lot of their mm-hmm. guys have stepped up, you know. I mean, what do you think about Atlanta, Sid, real quick? Because I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, when Alcuna got hurt, everyone kind of left them for dead. And now, you know, they swept the Cardinals. You know, they've won mm-hmm. two out of, they won two out of against the Brewers earlier this, you know, last, last weekend. You know, they look, Austin Riley's been, been playing very well. A lot of their young guys have been playing well, too, for the, uh, for the Braves. Yeah, the only thing – that gives you hope if you're a Braves fan that that's that there in the NL East and the New York Mets are struggling. I still don't trust Philadelphia. Their bullpen's terrible. Uh, the Miami Marlins are the Miami Marlins. The Washington Nationals, they sold off everybody. Yep. And a real quick shout out to Max Scherzer. We talked about the Houston LA series from earlier this week. Congrats to Matt, Max Scherzer. He had a 10 strikeout game in his Dodgers debut. I did watch most of that. That was a uh, great performance. But getting back to the Braves, the only thing that gives you hope is that you're in the NL East. 
you know, in the least division. Uh, you finally over 500 as of this recording. Let's see if you can take advantage of it. You playing a Washington team this weekend. Yep. They're rebuilding as well. So let's see what happens. Gave some ground there. Also, you got Minnesota and Houston, and it should, should be a good one here. You got San Francisco and Milwaukee. That should be a good one. Yeah. Um, could be a playoff preview, perhaps. You know, the Missouri, they battled Missouri, the show me state. Yeah, Kansas City and St. Louis is always a fun one. There were those two teams battle it out. Miami yeah. and 85 Colorado. World Series. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Brother. Um, Game Miami. six, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, well, you can Google that, folks, if you want to talk about yeah. that. Uh, Miami and Colorado, Texas and Oakland. Of course, you know, Sid mentioned Angels and Dodgers. That's always a fun when those two teams, you know, play. Mm-hmm. You know, the Battle of uh, Southern California, I guess, also to Arizona and San Diego. So is there's a chance for San Diego to gain a little bit of ground. Yeah, so it should be some exciting action this weekend in Major League Baseball. And so we'll, we'll um, look forward to that, and we'll give you our takes on, on the best and week that weekend that was in Major League Baseball on our next episode, which is Monday. We'll explain later. <laughs> Wrapping up this first segment of Second City Sports, the weekend edition, along with Lakina McGee, I'm Sydney Brown. Lakina, let's go to the NBA. Of course, let's start off with our Chicago Bulls. Of course, they signed Lonzo Ball. They signed Alex Caruso, stole him away from the Lakers. No one saw that coming. And now they have DeMar DeRozan from Compton, California. He was with the Spurs the last three seasons. Now he's here with us as a member of the Chicago Bulls. They picked up backup center Tony Bradley as well. Lakina, I know I don't know if you caught the comments of, of Mr. Kendrick Perkins from ESPN, mm-hmm. 2008 champion with the Boston Celtics. But he said the Bulls could be a top four, top five team in the East. Is he correct? I think I think they could. I think they'd have to be right there from like the four to six range. I think they're right there in the middle. Also, too, they got Javante mm-hmm. Green, you know, a nice veteran, you know, guy that can play both, you know, outside and at the point. So a nice versatile guy, veteran guy there. But yeah, I mean, look, I think I think they can. I think look, I look, I don't think they're not better than Brooklyn. You know, they're not. I mean. And they're not. I heard some people, you know, you know, some, you know, those those Bulls fans, those crazy Bulls fans, like, oh, they're not. Look, we can challenge them. That's for uh, them more than uh, No, no, you, you guys aren't there yet. Let, let's, let's slow down. <laughs> let's slow it down, kids. Let's slow down. You're not better than Milwaukee. You're, um, so you're right there in that four to six, you know, four to six range in the East. And and look, and that's okay. There's gonna be, you know, mm-hmm. look, you're gonna. You're, Most you stay out of the playing tournament, then you're good. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the as long as they stay out of that, I think they can definitely. You know, make some moves here. And look, I think the both the Caruso and DeRozan, we've heard about the DeRozan um, interest for a while. He was actually on his way to actually visit the Clippers, but then said, now nah, you know what? I'm going to go to the Bulls. And the Caruso stuff, our, our buddy Matt Peck from Lockdown Bulls, we got to get him back on. Um, so, uh, calls, yes. calls Mr. Caruso Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, boy, no, <laughs> yeah, I'll say now that's forever still in my brain. But he actually plays better than Elmer Fudd. He actually is a very versatile guard. He can be a facilitator when he needs to be, and just you know, just snatched him up from the Lakers. And I know Lakers fans were, were like, "What? Huh? What the hell?" I mean, like everybody, yeah. you know, people were kind of wanting to get Rob like a, a tar and feather for letting him go. Also, too, like, Lonzo Ball. Look, we've been talking about him for like the last. You know, for like last year's we've been doing this, Sid. I mean, this is a guy that that's wanted to come mm-hmm. to Chicago for the last couple of years, and so now you've got him. Um, look, I, I think, I look, I think this is you got a good starting five next year coming up. You've got a you know solid you know 
solid, you know, uh, a, a solid uh, second, a supporting cast coming off the bench. We'll see what they do with Lowry. I think, I still think they may have a chance. I know, you know, there are some folks that said, well, they gave up a lot to get DeRozan, John Hollinger at the Athletic, and some of you others were, were saying that. <laughs> I read that too. <laughs> I know. I, I was just like, really? But again, for a guy like DeRozan, you had to probably overpay to get him to get him to come here. So yeah, he's. I think he's 31, 32 years old. I'm yeah. talking about DeRozan. Yeah. So he's about to go on the other side of his career, but you still have something left. He still has plenty left. So in a place he's he's come for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, Greg Popovich doesn't get rid of guys just to get rid of guys. So something's got to be wrong. But he's been. Uh, DeRozan's been a very good, versatile player uh, uh, throughout the years in the NBA. I think he just completed season 11. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, so he's played for a decade. He only played a, a year or two in U, yes. in uh, USC. Yes. I remember he was a young player for Toronto, which they yeah. built around. Of course, they, he was part of the trade for Kawhi, which brought them a title a couple of years ago. But I like this uh, addition of, De, of DeRozan for the Bulls. Uh, we've been asking as Bulls fans to have a versatility wingman. You have that now. You have Alonzo, you have Alonzo Ball as a point guard. He's a still a good shooter, but I need him to distribute the ball first, which he will do. You don't need him to do everything. He's he's this era's version of Jason Kidd if he plays well. Just imagine him and Zach Levine. Zach Levine, hopefully, if he doesn't get hurt in the Olympics, we'll talk about the Olympics uh, in our next segment. But and just imagine him and hopefully Zach Levine will have some fresh legs, especially at the start of the of next season. Imagine Lonzo and Zach on the newest lob combination in the NBA. Imagine that for a minute. Mm -hmm. The skies are going to be crowded at the United Center. And with Lonzo Ball throwing lobs to DeRozan and to Zach Levine, I can vision it. I can vision it now. Well, also, too, you got Vucevic chewing me. I know people like, you know, they had that big three with, you know, with uh, Ball and Levine and DeRozan. But hey, look, Vucevic is no mm-hmm. slouch. I mean, come on. <laughs> you guys are going to do a couple of all-star games. I mean, yeah. man, no slouch. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's going to get those lobs, too, from uh, from Ball. And also, too, you got, you got Tony Bradley, who is a, ve- a veteran, you know, center, you know, who just tore up the Bulls, you know, those couple of times that the, you know, the Bulls played uh, mm-hmm. Philly. But I mean, and also too, you got you got Io, you got you know Patrick Williams. We'll you know we'll see we'll, you know will Kobe how he'll I'm sure they're gonna find a way to fit him in once he gets back from uh, surgery. So look, I think this guy and they got the uh, I forgot the, the the guy that they I keep forgetting the uh, Simonovic Simonovic I think that's the name is Simonovic the guy mm-hmm. that they drafted last year uh, who's gonna be playing this year and he and Io and P Will are gonna be are playing in the summer league as we speak. So. You know, they're mm-hmm. definitely getting some uh, some uh, looks as well. So, look, I think the Bulls can be right there for that four to six seed. Look, they're not at that top. They're not in the top two or three in the East yet, but I think they're right there in the four and six. And, look, they're not done. Like, I think they're still going to try to trade Lowry and maybe get, get a couple of picks back. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I know Charlotte's been interested. I know there are a couple of other teams that are interested in Lowry. And I know Lowry's already said he doesn't want to come back. So, you know, that's <laughs> – uh, so, you know, that's that with that. I know, I know Thad leaving, Thad Young leaving. I think I know it's a bummer for some Bulls fans, but look, he did what he had, he needed to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, look, he made this team, you will know, actually look good for a few, for a few spots. So, and look, he getting with either 14.2 million off the books. So it, it, it's not really, yeah. you take that for what it's worth. And look, I'm sure that'll be just fine in San Antonio. So, but I think like the, the, the sky's the limit for the Bulls. I, I really do believe it. Yeah, this is what we asked for as Bulls fans for the last three, four years, correct, Lakina? Mm, GM Mark Eversley, 
Yeah, GM Mark Eversley and uh, team president um, Arturis Konishevis. Yeah, the, they had a plan. Right now they're exec- executing it. Now it's up to the players to go out and win games. The Bulls are going to have a target on their backs next season, and that's a good thing. Expectations are supposed to be high. Now, as you mentioned, are they as good as Brooklyn or uh, the uh, now the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks? No. Are they better than Philly? Maybe. Let's see what happens if, if Philadelphia gets rid of Ben Simmons. I don't know if you heard the drama out of his camp this week. We'll get to that in a second. But are they better than Philadelphia as of right now? No. Are they better than the Knicks? We'll get to their moves in a second. But are they better than the Knicks? I think they may be on the even kill. Are they better than Boston? Hell yes. Are they better than Indiana, Charlotte? Although I think Charlotte's up on, on the rise. Are they better than those two teams I just mentioned, Indiana and Charlotte? Yes. They're better than Washington? Yes. Cleveland stinks. Detroit stinks. There's no reason if this team stays healthy that, that, that this franchise shouldn't be in the playoffs next year. Your goal is not to be number seven through ten. Avoid the playing tournament and stay basically injury-free. Now, another roster move that I wanted to talk about is when I heard the signing of Tony Bradley. I said to myself, "Gosh darn it, Daniel Tice is not coming back." I know. Maybe I this management so will. Yeah, I said maybe this management will surprise me. Say Daniel Tice is coming back after we trade Lowry. Maybe, but the realist in me says Daniel Tice, unfortunately, is not coming back. No, no. I hope no. I'm wrong, but no, 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 usually no. Um, my intelligence of my brain is taking over. I'm usually right 99% of the time. <laughs> no, no. I think Tice ended up going to, I believe. I know I was so bummed. I know I was so bummed. It was just like, ah, no, no. I wanted Tice to stay. God darn it. But, you know, he ended up going to Houston and, you know, 36 million for four years. I mean, that, that you really, you couldn't really, the Bulls weren't going to be able to match that. And I, you know, we were warned. Yeah. And so I was like, God darn it, darn it, darn it. But look, yeah. At least, yeah. At least we still, look, we still have Troy Brown Jr. And he was really good too when, you know, in that, in that trade. So I, I'm not too worried. I'm sure he's going to find a way to fit him in there. And, and look, I think if you're a Bulls fan, you gotta be feeling encouraged. I know some people, some Bulls fans are saying, "Well, we gave up a lot to get to Rosen." Look, if you have, look, AK's not done. And as our, our buddy Dave, Big Dave Watson would say, you know, we gotta get him back on too. Let AK and Eversley cook. Let them cook, and they've been cooking so yeah. far, and they're not done. I believe you that they're not done. Like I said, this new management team has a plan. They're executing it right now. It's up to the players to go out and win ball games. And now before we break uh, for our first segment, uh, looking at other signings from around the league, the Knicks are looking good. They brought back our guy, Derek Rose. Um, I think it was on a two or three year deal. I know they picked up Evan Fournier. I know he struggled uh, with the Boston Celtics after that trade with Orlando last year, but he's going to help them out. And I believe they resigned Julius Randle as well. Mm -hmm. Now, can they over, can they be a top four, top five team? Perhaps. I know it was a little bit of, they did it with a little smoke and mirrors last year. And, and props to uh, former Bulls ex-head coach uh, Tom Thibodeau. But pressure's going to be on them, too, to do it again. Yeah, it looks I like they have a better roster. And I'm not saying they're going to win 50 games and take over the East. I'm not going there just yet. I'm not saying the Bulls-Knicks rivalry is back. <laughs> not yet. But they're in the same position as the Chicago Bulls. They might yeah. have just a slightly better roster at this point. But like you said, going back to the Bulls, uh, this new management team is not done. Yeah, I think they're kind of in an even spot. I I believe you know with the Knicks, I think I, I'm talking about the Bulls. I think they're kind of like right there, mm-hmm. sort of like an even um, uh, even you know even uh center here. But you know, look, we'll see what happens, and gonna be interesting too. Um, Patty Mills, he's going to the Nets. 
I, I mean, that's like, going to help Brooklyn. That's going to help like that move. Of, of, tremendously because the guard play last year, especially when Kyrie got hurt, was just atrocious. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I think that's a really nice pickup for for the Nets. Is that something? Is a move the Nets had to make? And the Lakers with their AARP. I mean, uh, you know, the my, my thing is, you know, we talk about <laughs> the Westbrook. Don't tell LeBron that. <laughs> also, yeah, we talk about the Westbrook trade. You know, they got um Car- Carmelo Anthony. I, I mean, it's just like, are there going to be enough basketballs? That's going to be my thing with the Lakers. Are there going to be enough basketballs for everybody? Because uh, I, I mean, it's just like, there's just so many parts. And I, I just like, I'm just afraid that, you know, you got to make sure that they're healthy. And I, it's, it's basically championship mm-hmm. or bust for the Lakers. You know, you got you know, LeBron, AD, and it's just like, it's going to be, a, it's going to be chaotic. And, you know, you better hope that none of those guys get hurt. Because yeah. I, I think that's going to be a big problem for the Lakers. It's basically championship or bust for them. Yeah, a couple of things on the Lakers. I know they resigned our Chicago Zerino, Taylor Horton Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're going to miss Caruso a lot because he was a fan favorite. He brought the yes, energy out of the division in terms of scoring, but in terms of defense as well, that's what both fans better expect from Mr. Caruso starting next season. But uh, can they still do a signing trade with Dennis Schroeder? Uh, and I know there was rumors out there that he was supposed to be traded to Sacramento for Buddy Heald because the Lakers still need some outside shooting. Right now, they don't have it. I, I mean, do you have that? Are you going to use some of those assets that they do have? Are they going to use that to perhaps maybe get get healed? I mean, I know there was supposed to have been a trade in place, but I guess you know some of the other things that kind of you know came up, something came up, or I guess and the deal fell through. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of it's going to be very interesting though. I mean, you got they got also got Kendrick Nunn. Too so that they that's that should yeah. help them a little Chicago's bit. Chicago's is what I believe. Yes, yeah, too. So it's going to be interesting. You have a lot mm-hmm. of depth there, and look, you got you know Steph, you know Steph Curry and Trey on both signing two two hundred million plus con two hundred plus million dollar contracts. I think that's you know that's good for them. You know they're getting their pay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Blake Griffin's coming back to the Nets. I think that should definitely help them because I think he mm-hmm. he seems a lot you know a lot more comfortable there. No doubt. Um. Let's see what else. What else sort of signing that kind of got got your, your your radar going? Uh, like I said, the Evan Fournier signing for the Knicks, uh, they get some little bit of versatility, especially outside shooting, which they struggled with last year. You have a great uh, post play with Julius Randle, who won NBA Most Improved Player Award. You still have the versatility of Derrick Rose coming off the bench, but Evan Fournier uh, gives you shooting that. The Knicks team needs. He spreads the floor and then makes the uh, uh, makes the, the defenders respect him and opens it up for the your other four teammates on the floor at the same time. So that was a great pickup for the New York Knicks. I am in agreement. I'm just looking to see what is what's more. You know, of course, Dwight Dwight Howard's returning to the Lakers. That's what I was saying. That is there going to be enough mm-hmm. basketballs for everybody? But you don't uh, need Dwight Howard to score. You saw that a couple yeah. of years ago when they won the title. You know, he was he was there. I know it was, it was some games and some. A series that he didn't play when they won the title uh, uh, last year, but he's he's only there to relieve LeBron, perhaps AD for minutes. He's going to be their version of JaVale McGee. I don't yeah. need you to score 20 points and grab 20 rebounds. I need you to play 10, 12 minutes. Give me my four to six points. Give me my eight to 10 rebounds. That's it. Yeah. Also, a and Black goes shot too. Yeah. Also, a reason too. You know, he's back for you know league minimum. So. 
you know, just a, mm-hmm. a very interesting sort of, uh, you know, trades and, you know, free agency in the NBA. Of course, Kyle Lowry going to Miami. Our girl, and our girl, Lana, is, you know, ecstatic with that <laughs> move. You know, she is. Um, you know, I think, look, I think, you know, the Heat looks like they, they've done some, they've made some moves. You know, they probably aren't done either. Um, you know, so it, it's definitely, you know, I think NBA free agency is definitely going to be, Especially now that you're going to have a full a full off season, actual off season now. You know these guys. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys that were you know that got hurt, you know, can heal up, and you know the guys that were banged up, mm-hmm. they can now be able to you know come back and you know perhaps maybe be ready for the season with a full season. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting, no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. Segment number one of the weekend edition of Second City Sports is in the books. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with the NFL is back. Lakina has her Olympic update, and we have a story or two from the sports media world, and we have a major announcement regarding this show. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You're listening to Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. Lakina, let's kick off the second segment with football. We'll talk about college uh, on our future shows because they're not too far from the from uh, starting from around the corner. The NFL is back. Thursday, they kicked off the 2021 preseason. Of course, last year, we did not have a preseason uh, due to the pandemic. This year, we have three preseason games for all NFL teams because we have 17 regular season games this season. Thursday night saw the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers for the score of 16-3. Gary Gilbert for the Cowboys had 9-13 passing for 104 yards. Uh, Rico Daldwood <laughs> Dude, will you, oh, I can repeat this guy's name. He had eight carries for 43 yards. We told you that the superstars wouldn't play. And Chase Claypool for Pittsburgh, the rookie wide receiver now in his second year, uh, had three catches for 62 yards. Lakina, a couple of things I noticed from watching that, uh, that game on Thursday, we, I watched the highlights. Uh, some defensive players have uh, weird numbers, not traditionally in the 90s or the upper 80s. And number two, it's just nice to see football back. I, I, it, it'll be the rest of the preseason for the rest of the league kicks off next weekend. Lakina, as we said before, well, you didn't see any of the superstars play. Mm-hmm. And number two, it was nice just to see football back on my television again. Yeah, I, I mean, it's sort of interesting. You guys, chance to see some of the the, the sort of like the first round picks or, or the. NFL, you know, the draft picks play. You saw mm-hmm. Najee Harris. You saw a little bit, saw a little bit of Mason Rudolph and Garrett Gilbert. I mean, you know, Dax hurt, so of course you were going to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, uh, Claypool, Claypool, you know, has some, a couple of big cat, couple of nice catches. Um, and, and look, I, I think, look, I, I only watched like maybe like one series, and because I was turning back and forth, so I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> only only watch from like some of the, the the pro football, you know, the Hall of Famers. They usually have them in the mm-hmm. booth. That's you know, that's usually a tune in for. Um, you know, Mike Michael Parsons. I mean, that's going to be a guy that is going to, you know, he he recovered a fumble, so I think, think look, that's going to be sort of the sort of the thing where. 
mm-hmm. you know, we, a lot is expected from him. So first, their first round pick, the Cowboys first round pick. So a lot is expected of him. I mean, it, it's, I mean, look, we'll see. I mean, look, you, you didn't see Zeke. You didn't see Dak. You didn't see big Ben. You didn't see, you didn't see Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, look, a lot of, you know, you were going to see those guys play. So, mm-hmm. you know, look, this is sort of like for the, the draft picks to get some reps and also too for the guys mm-hmm. that are kind of like on the, the borderline of whether or not to make the roster, you know, those guys, you know, getting them a chance to play, which look, I think that, that look, that's what the preseason is for. I mean, you get to see, yes, you get to see, you get to see the starters for a little bit, but this preseason is mm-hmm. more to kind of showcase those guys, the guys I mentioned before, the, the draft picks, the later draft picks, you know, the guys that are kind of like on the borderline. So that's what preseason is for basically. And we'll see some wasted footage coming up th- this Tuesday on HBO so, as they start their new season of Hard Knocks, with it, which they are following the Dallas Cowboys this year. Um, going back to Micah Parsons, uh, Lakina, uh, we talked about this before we started recording. You're going to see some players wearing some quote unquote weird non football traditional numbers, pre- position uh, numbers. He's wearing number 11 for the Dallas Cowboys. On the field, he does look good. I think he's going to restore, help restore that Cowboys defense, which failed them a year ago, even before Dak's injury. Mm-hmm. But um, Mr. Parsons is wearing number 11. It's going to be weird to see defensive players. Uh, your lineman is going to wear number two and your defensive end number 11. And your wide receiver wearing number 79. <laughs> I know the NFL uh, allowed that this offseason, one of the many rule changes. Yeah, It's he- just going to be... Weird to see, but we just got to get used to it. Well, yeah, but that's the number he's we wore in college was at Penn State, so mm-hmm. it's not weird. But uh, yeah, I think they did sort of like do away with that rule because I thought the rule was sort of silly that oh, only quarterbacks can wear a number no more than like eight, like seven, like sixteen or seventeen or something like that. And now they've mm-hmm. gotten rid of that rule, so you are going to be seeing we you know, running backs wear like. 38 or something or like maybe a 79 <laughs> or something or you're gonna have i don't think you're gonna see quarterbacks doing that i think they're just gonna stick with like the position guys but mm-hmm. i mean like i think he looked really good from what this, the highlights i saw i mean and like i said before i mean this is more for the veteran guys we were gonna see the top guys and and like this is what preseason is for we'll see that once the bears get up their preseason next week against buffalo we'll get to buffalo in a second but you know some big news there with their quarterback but i i mean I mean, I know some people say preseason the waste, you know, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, said, oh, it's such a glorified, <laughs> oh, this is a glorified ex- exhibition. Look, this is what preseason is for those guys outside mm-hmm. of the stars, you know, outside of even the first round picks, the middle round picks. So, like I said, the guys that are mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, near the tail end of the 53 man. So this is what preseason is for. And look, they didn't have a last year. So that's, what, that's, that's why a lot of those guys didn't feel like they were being evaluated fairly. But now... Mm-hmm. Now that we got a full season, we only got three preseasons, which is preseason games, which is more than enough to, you know, get your synopsis mm-hmm. of what's going on with the players that you, that you're looking out for. And also, too, I had to take a, a couple of things. One, the the game was on Fox on Thursday because NBC is uh, is uh, airing the Olympics, and of course, the Hall of Fame ceremonies for both last year's class and this year's class are airing this weekend on ESPN. Of course, Sunday Night Baseball with the Cubs and Sox is airing exclusively on ABC this Sunday. Um, uh, another thing too, Lakina, about um, these these two teams, I'm one. There, I think both franchises are talking about the Seals and the Cowboys. They're at a crossroads, and if you're Pittsburgh, you know this is Big Ben's last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they got embarrassed at home last year in the wild card game against Cleveland. Dallas, of course, uh, everybody's job and their mom is depending on the health of Dak Prescott, who finally got his money. 
I, I, I want to ask you, which team, without giving your prediction, official prediction away for the season, but mm-hmm. who has the, uh, which team between those two teams has a, a better chance at long-term success this year, Pittsburgh or Dallas? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, but I'll it say, is. It is. I'll say because of the division that they're in, because it's a little easier for them. I think it's easier for this team to win their division. I'm going to say the Cowboys because I think the NFC East is still very winnable, in my opinion. As for the Steelers, I mean, you're dealing with Cleveland, you're dealing with Baltimore. It's going to be tough for them to win that division. So if I had to choose between those two and you are making me, I'm going to say, I'm probably going to say the, Cow- <laughs> the Cowboys just because of their division. I think they have a better chance of winning NFC East than the Steelers of winning the AFC North. I had to agree with you. Be- Dallas has a better chance only because they're on paper, but, but of course your quarterback has to stay healthy yes, and yeah, your defense and your defense has to be at least top 15 because they weren't last year, even before Dak got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting, though. So like I said, we'll get into it when we go into our divisional previews, which should be a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm look. I'm like I said. I think we'll see how Dak's arm is. I think you know they're still he's still recovering, he's still rehabbing. They're saying that maybe by the third preseason game he should be back. You know, back. You know, at practice. But again, I don't. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's just at this point, I think it's it's just crazy to to, to think that you know maybe the maybe it will be the Cowboys or maybe the Steelers maybe somehow surprises everybody and ends up winning AFC North. I don't know, but that's just crazy how <laughs> football works sometimes. But you know, let's talk a little bit about the the Pro Football Hall of Fame right quick with uh with both ceremonies real for for last year. Of course, it was canceled due to COVID. Mm-hmm. It's going on going on in, a, in a, like in a couple of hours. I think for right now today. Also, they're gonna have on Sunday. It's gonna be. You know, they're going to have a full slate there with, you know, Peyton Manning and Charles Woods and, and um, John Lynch mm-hmm. being the leading that group. Um, all the all the uh, speeches are going to be like six, only six and a half minutes, which is going to be, I know it's going to be tough yeah. for some of them because, you know, that for, for yeah, Peyton, they can take a half hour or more. Yeah, I mean, look, That's Ray Lewis. I, I know 45, I mean, 45 minutes almost like like 45 minutes. He uh, his speech was I think that's one of the reasons why they that they they brought in that rule. I mean, it's going to be interesting how they how they're going to do that when if someone does go over six and a half minutes, are they going to do like you know, the Oscars where they just drown them out with the music? Are they gonna do like they do the gong show? Have like somebody who are Yeah, I'll say yeah. Maybe have like do, like, do light. Yeah, have, well, or do like they do with the, they the gong show. Remember the gong show years ago yes. when they started doing the whole like sweeping. Boom. <laughs> They're like yeah, I'll say oh gosh, but but look, you know what? I'm looking Eyes forward. Up. I know, like get out, get off the stage. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see how some. Oh, do the, like Showtime the Apollo. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh <laughs> Lord. Club. Who's gonna wear that costume though? <laughs> Who are you gonna get to wear that costume though? That's gonna be the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> To the left, to the left, all to oh. the left. <laughs> I got that to drag them out, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But uh, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to see some of the speeches. You know, Jimbo Colbert, of course, you know, the old online yes. for the Bears. I'm so happy for him. He finally got in. Mm-hmm. Um, Get Jay Hildenberg in there. Yeah, please. please, please, please. I mean, they, but the, the two of them were really great. You know, when that, that, you know, that old line for the Bears. I'm looking forward to see, of course, you know, Peyton's speeches. I mean, hopefully, I don't know how you're going to do six and a half minutes with Peyton. It takes him that long to get one of the stories off the ground. So that's going <laughs> to, well, no, it's true. I mean, he's a very smart, and also his bus. Like he said that they use a lot of glue for his head and his neck. So he said that his, uh, his bus is going to be, that he's a whole lot of, a hot, lot of uh, clay. But, you know, you know, I'm sure Woodson's um, speech is going to be very emotional. John Lynch, too. Um, you know, also, Drew Pearson. I mean, you know, this is a guy that yeah. has waited so long to get into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Also, Alan, also Alan Fanica too. I think that should. I'm sure his piece is going to be really good too. 
I mean, I, I look, I'm looking for you know, Calvin Johnson. I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't think he would get in this quickly, but no, but yeah. I saw his last game yeah. <laughs> in Chicago in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was going to be, yeah. how, how the speech is doing. I know Jimmy Johnson. Who knew? Bill, <laughs> yeah. I will say you're right. I mean, look, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cowher, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're going to be emotional in their speeches. Yeah, and I'm looking also, forward to Jimmy Johnson's. Yeah. Yeah, and also too, you know, Johnson's, Jimmy Johnson's finally going to get into the Ring of Honor for the Cowboys. You know what took so long? I mean, come on. But uh, Jerry yeah, Jones, think, that's why. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I know, but yeah. Well, that's a. Uh, we'll, 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 we won't get into that. <laughs> the Cowboys fans know how that feels. Right. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, what are you looking forward to this? Uh, you know, the Hall of Fame weekend. I think we get we get a double dose of Hall of Fame speeches. Yeah, like I said, uh, you mentioned Jimbo Colvert um, from the 85 Bears. Uh, that offense line uh, doesn't get enough credit. I know it was about the defense. I know it was about the head coach and Dick. Uh, I know it was about the late Walter Payton, that running back. But uh, Jimbo Colvert, who protected Dan Marino in college at University of Pittsburgh, it was go. Jimbo Colvert. Yes, sir. And in the NFL, he did the same thing with all those quarterbacks that got in there with Doug Flutie, Jimmy Mann, Steve Walsh. Mm-hmm. Not Steve Walsh. Um, no, no, uh, no, no. Oh, uh, not oh, Steve Walsh. I'm, I'm not. Flutie? I'm not googling, not folks. So, not Flutie. Yeah, well, Flutie. You know, Flutie came I in '86 think... when Man got hurt. But um, uh, Mike Tomzak. 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 Yeah, that's what you're probably. It was thinking. Tomzak. It was another one. Oh, good grief! I'm not going to Google. I'm trying to get off of memory. Um, it it's not Steve Walsh. It, no, no, it's no, killing no, me. Why? No, Walsh was later on, and it might have been right. Flutie. That's what I'm saying. I it was in the was... '90s, but. I think it was Flutie, Steve right? Fuller. Steve Fuller. Yeah, Steve Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Steve Fuller. Yeah. So you had to protect those quarterbacks. So Jimbo Cobra did a nice job, as I said before. Uh, shout out to Tom Thayer. Um, I don't know if he's going to be there or not, but I know he does uh, the Bears radio for mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, for WBBM here in Chicago. Him and Jeff Jr. Joni had to do a great job. Hopefully you get one of both of them on before the season starts. Shout out to the sports radio guys. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, hopefully uh, Jay Hildenberg, I've been saying this for the last two or three years. Like, yeah, I know I said it on, the, on when we were doing our radio show. Uh, Jay Hildenberg, get him in there. He doesn't get enough credit that he yes, deserves. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And also, too, Tom Flores finally got his due. You know, the first first yeah. you know, guy to win as a play, win the Super Bowl as a player and assistant coach, of course, won a couple as a head coach of the Oakland Raiders. So, um, I think, uh, a, I think he's the first Hispanic coach as well. Yes, he was first coach of color. You know, people forget that. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Tony Dungy that was the first first coach of color to win. Super Bowl as a head coach, it was Tom Flores. So and he's also mm-hmm. the first to do it. Yeah, Tony does. He was the first African American head yes. coach. Mm. Yes, yeah, but but Mr. Flores was the first uh, first coach of color to do it. So let let's make sure we get that straight. And, you know, finally mm-hmm. getting his due in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, so it's gonna be very to see who who's who's gonna get you know who's gonna get you know thrown off the stage for you know going on too long. You know, Ray Lewis, you know, <laughs> forty five minutes to the left, to the left. <laughs> I mean, look, I, look, I went to I went to the bathroom. Look, I went I went to like you know got myself together, cleaned up in the in my kitchen, and then he was still talking. Like, you know, Ray Lewis was. I'm like, well, good grief. I mean, I'm like you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to think your first grade teacher. I mean. Like, good Lord. <laughs> and ho- look, hopefully Troy Palomalu will be able to uh, to speak. I know he had, you know, he got COVID. I think earlier, like late last week. So hopefully he'll be he'll get the clearance to be able to uh, to to do his speech. Mm-hmm. I know he's been waiting. Uh, not not. I know he's a first ballot guy, but yeah, it's gonna mm-hmm. be very. You know, this should be a lot of fun. I, I know, especially with not not it being there last year because of COVID. You know, get you get double get double mm-hmm. the speeches. So it's, it should be fun this weekend. Yes, it should be. As you and now is. Yeah, so we're 
transitioning over to today's players, as you, as you mentioned earlier, Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, he has fresh paper. Oh, yes. Well, a friend of mine just tweeting, you know, Scrooge McDuck's or, you know, money. Uh, two, he got a six-year, $258 million deal, also including $150, $150 million guaranteed. So he got his paper. And look, he's very deserving of this. I mean, look, there's a yeah. lot of, you know, there's a lot of expectations for Buffalo, not just for the AFC East, but also to the fact that Super Bowl, Super Bowl aspirations. So mm-hmm. and they made some moves during the offseason. Like I said, well, we'll talk about that once when we do our divisional previews. But I don't want to say a Super Bowl bust for Buffalo, but, you know, definitely got to go further than they did in the playoffs last year. I mean, look, they lost to the Chiefs. So, you know, it was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, look, it was going to be hard. You know, it was a, a big, you know, it was sort of a lot to them, not a lot of ask for them. You know, of course, you know, had, you know, Chiefs be having everybody back, but. Look, I think he's very deserving, Josh Allen, as I'm talking about, of this contract. Mm-hmm. He's the MVP of the team. I know they have a great defense. He is their best player uh, on the Bills, and he deserved it. Uh, we talked about him last year, looking as a potential MVP candidate. If he stays healthy and if he gets uh, any contribution from his running game and, and his receiving core, he should be that much better. And so I expect great things for him. I know they play the Bears next week. We probably won't see him on the field, <laughs> but but congratulations to um, Mr. Allen. Uh, the the targets on Buffalo's back this year. Last year, we knew they were a good team, but no one was really paying attention to him. Now uh, people are paying attention to him this year. Is he's last year they were the hunters. Now they're the hunted this year. Forty five hundred forty four yards passing, thirty seven. You know, touchdown passes and eight rushing touchdowns. That's that's the first time a player has ever done that. To have at least forty five hundred mm-hmm. passing yards, thirty five touchdowns passing, and at least five rushing touchdowns. And Josh Allen has done that. And yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll get to our individual proof. We guess they're not sticking up on anybody anymore. They now have you know they're now the hunted. So we'll see how they <laughs> respond. Real quick before we move on to your Olympic update, uh, the Bears had their family day this past Tuesday at Soldierville. I know. A couple of our new colleagues, which we'll mention at the end of the show, were there. Uh, Lakina, call me crazy, but I think the Bears did drop the ball on this one. Maybe had something to do with your mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Usually those Bears family weekend, family day practices are held on a Sunday or Saturdays. Mostly, of course, pre-COVID. They were held on Saturdays, but they snuck it in on a Tuesday this year. Maybe it was because they don't want that many people there. I don't know, but they dropped the ball on this one, especially everybody in Bears Nation is 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 excited to see rookie quarterback Justin Fields. But you put it on a Tuesday in the middle of the day. Yeah. Maybe you know something. I don't know. I I, don't I, mean, know. I think I think it was probably because they didn't. They probably wanted to keep it limited because of COVID. That's a problem there because why I saw you know if we you know our, our buddies, some of our buddies who cover the Bears. Our buddy Mark Grody, who it was part of that that group with you know, on uh, 780 WBBF 780 News Radio, you know, with Mr. Mr. Thayer and Mr. Joniak. You know, we gotta get we gotta get any one of those three on guys. Like it's like you said, mm-hmm. you know, for the season. Also, our girl Kaylin Sharkey from Fox 32. You know, she was out there as well. So yeah, I mean, I think it might have been probably because of COVID. I think they probably wanted to limit, you know, the you know, the crowds, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is why they would, they did it in the middle of the week like that, as if doing it on a weekend, 
that's probably the only thing I could, reason I can think of as to why they would do that. But yeah, you know, I like, got the, yeah, I got to I got to say them not doing it on on this past Saturday be, and that past Sunday because of um, Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. That's, prob- that's probably La- what it was. Yeah, I think they what, probably said yeah, to live the crowd. We probably yeah. got our answer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we probably like got our answer. Yeah, so I think I think for people saying you know, why would they do it? No, I think they wanted to limit the crowds because of COVID. They wanted to kind of let the Lollapalooza stuff die down a little bit. You know. Of course, you know, some of those folks, you know, from Lala come didn't gonna come from the city or from the surrounding areas. I'm just saying we know people a lot of folks here don't don't rock with Lala like that. I, I tweeted that earlier this week. A lot mm-hmm. of us don't do that. So for people they to say, didn't oh, might have the chance to do that anymore, but we'll see since the right. contract's up. Yeah. And also <laughs> and a lot and a lot of that was and a lot of that was not was not under uh Mayor Lightfoot or Governor Pritzker's controls. I know some people want to blame them for for all no, no, it wasn't. They really didn't have a choice in the matter. But again, mm-hmm. we won't get into a tangent about it because you know we're not a political right. show and we're not gonna be. But um it's only the reason I can think of as to why they probably would do that. I mean, look, as far as them looking, I know you know everybody says, you know, Justin Fields, oh my god, he got this big you know, through this long touchdown fast to Darno Moody. And you know, he says it's a thing of beauty, mm-hmm. but also too, unfortunately, Tevin Jenkins, who's there's who's their pick from their second round pick from uh Oklahoma State, you know, is having issues with his back. And if you think about it, last year, unfortunately, one of the reasons why he didn't play in their bowl game, okay, say because they they made um, a, a New Year's Day bowl game, mm-hmm. he he was having back issues, back issues in back tightness, so he's he's missed a lot of practices. So that's something to look out for too. If you're a Bears um, mm-hmm. fan, they've also been having some injury issues too. The Bears, so we'll see. We'll see if this is gonna, you know, if this is gonna be a, a trend here. Like I know they got Alec Ogletree, who's a veteran um, linebacker, so that they, they all that. Maybe that should help him with death wise a little bit, but again, you know, look, he's been doing a couple of Pro Bowls, so I think that's you know, look. I think if you're if you're the Bears, I think you know, linebacker death is definitely something that you you mm-hmm. would not you definitely you know you can never have too many linebackers, as they say. So you know, yeah. maybe I'm, hopefully we we'll see how he contributes to the Bears. But and, and look, I'm going to show me more with the Bears. Look, I'm keeping my I'm, look, I'm keeping my expectations tempered. Cause I got said Ted Phillips calling you. Uh, well, no. <laughs> well, I would I wouldn't answer if it was him, but uh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, but yeah. I mean, look, we'll, we'll see. Look, again, I'm look. Um, Eddie Goldman is still out because of COVID protocol. Because uh, of COVID, he has COVID now. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last like week, so I look. I, I think I'm, I'm keeping my my expectations temper for the Bears. Like, I just. I'm not expecting too much from them. I'm not going to expect them to win a division or nothing like that. I got them at like eight or nine or nine and eight or whatever, you know, somewhere in that range. But well, again, we'll get to it when we get to our previews, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it, but you go ahead, Sid. <laughs> yeah, it's just hopefully that the the injury injury and COVID bug doesn't hurt this team too much. And like like we've been saying, we'll keep saying until the, the season starts, this Bears team will be of interest to watch and, Part of it is because of rookie quarterback Justin Fields. If he starts week one, uh, it'll start right away. If not, the question is not if, when, W-H-E-N, when he gets on the field. And also, can this defense relive what they did back in 2018? You have different parts now. Some of the parts are still here, and you have some new parts. So can they get somewhere between 2018 and early last season when they started off 5-1? and one? That's going to be the question. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see that how how that goes because um, like like we've been saying, I mean there have been a lot of injury issues with the Bears, you know, so far in training camp and, and look at some of the other teams too. I know, 
I know um, Jimmy Smith just, you know, got hurt for the Ravens. Well, hopefully that injury is not serious because they definitely need him, you know, especially if they're exactly. trying to, if that's they're trying to since they're going to try to win that AFC North. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, of course, you know, he hasn't been cleared for COVID protocols yet, but the, the, the rumor is that next week he will. Um, you know, a few other sort of notes. I mean, you know, uh, Quinn Nelson has the same injury that Carson Wentz has. I don't know. I don't know if they're, if they're practicing on concrete over there at Colts camp, but <laughs> he's going to be out sort of for the same time frame. We'll see. You know, again, if you're a Colts fan, you're hoping it's more the low end, like five or six weeks, so that they can at least, you know, Nelson and Wentz can at least be there for the when the season starts. But mm-hmm. I, I, again, I mean, I know. I know um, Jimmy. I know Jimmy Graham on the Bears tight end said some um, interesting things. You know, he was he was frustrated with um, the hand the, the PA's NFL PA's handling of the COVID um, protocols. Look, I, I get what he's saying, but again, people even people who are vaccinated. You know, now Graham is vaccinated. You know, people are still getting COVID. Even the folks who are getting vaccinated. So I think this is still a way for them to kind of like it's they're keeping yourself you know clean. You know, and keeping mm-hmm. you know everyone else clean. So, if look if te- if you have to get tested, even though if you already had the the vaccine, then so be it. But again, they don't want to have any COVID outbreaks. I'm sure the team doesn't. None of the teams want any COVID outbreaks. So, mm-hmm. I, I know Kirk Cousins. I know people are shaming Kirk Cousins for some of his comments, but look, I think he's speaking for for some for a few more than a few guys. Yeah. And that, and that's what happens. And with uh, unfortunately, with the issues like this, and we talked about it before, Lakina, uh, and we had a good friend, Miss Charlotte Stout from WBEZ here in Chicago. We had her on back in April. We all said that this could be a potential problem. Now, uh, Matt Nagy was on the on the radio early Friday morning on ESPN 1000 with their morning show, Cabin J Hood, and he was talking about um they were quoting head coach Bruce Arians, the defending Tampa Bay Buccaneers, saying they. Sh- uh, 92% of their roster should be vaccinated by uh, the beginning of the season. I think the bear, he said the Bears should some be between 85 and 92%. I think they had the 85% already as we talked about in our last episode. So as we said before, like we heard teams from Minnesota, Washington, that they're both their head coaches, Zimmer and Ron Rivera, where they were both upset that uh, many of their players have been vaccinated. It's only so much you could do. I know the NFL is a business. Uh, they're not a, a regular nine-to-five job. They're a monopoly, and it's a private business. They could do just about whatever they want. But some, as we said before, some people are not going to get it. The ones they're on the fringe, they'll probably end up getting it, especially the ones they're trying to make the team. They'll probably end up getting it anyway. So, uh, you, unfortunately, you're still going to hear some of these stories, but hopefully it'll die down once the preseason is over. Yeah, I think because, latest- because as we said, at the end of the day, uh, it's all come, it'll all come, it all comes down to money, and no one wants to lose that. And also, too, I think the latest number was that that ninety percent of the of the NFL players and you know coaches and stuff uh, have been vaccinated, or at least at least gotten at least one shot. So if you're look, if you're the NFL, I think that's an encouraging sign. If you can get to like maybe ninety five by the time the season starts, or maybe even close to a hundred. Look, like you said, so there's still going to be guys that are not going to want to, you know, not going to want to get the vaccine. And look, that's within their right. You know, they, they, they can't, mm-hmm. you can't force them. So, but you can basically just say that, look, at least wear a mask and whatnot. So again, we'll see. I mean, look, I think you can only do so much. Look, business, private businesses can, you know, they can, can encourage their, they can make their people. I know some businesses are, you know, saying that, look, if you want to come back, you know, to work here, you're going to have to get the vaccine, which is well within their right. Mm-hmm. And look, the NFL, I think, look, they're, look, if you saw them, some of the memos that they sent in the last, 
you know, couple of weeks. I think they've said the same thing. They said, look, we're not going to make it, take it. But again, you know, your team's not going to be very happy with you. And I know that, um, I know, I think, um, I think Minnesota is like a 70, like 2%, I think last I saw. So, mm-hmm. and then if you're, I'm not sure Mike Zimmer's not very happy with that number. So, and he's also, he's too, he's a, he's a cancer survivor. So I'm, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, immune, he's immune compromised. So I think you just got to, you just got to be careful and look, I would, and I'm sure folks are going to say, look, if you're not going to get the vaccine, at least wear a mask, you can't, you can't, you know, not do one or the other. So my, my, exactly. thing, my to coaches and, and such, you know, if you're not going to, you know, take the vaccine, at least wear a mask and at least, you know, do distance, you know, wash, keep your hands washed and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, sticking with football before we move on, uh, RG3, as the kids call him, as we know him as adults, as Robert Griffith III, as we reported a month back, uh, he had auditions for a, a television analyst role with Fox and ESPN. He, he auditioned for both of them, both those networks like them. ESPN picks him to now become their football analyst for college and pro football, but has an open in his contract. If he wants to play in the NFL this season, he, he will be allowed to go. He's going to be the new Dan Oflosky talking both college and pro football. Congrats to RG3. And totally deserving. And if you saw Reese Davis, of course, he's been doing um, college, you know, covering college sports for a long time. He said he did his, mm-hmm. um, his uh, RG3's audition. He did, with, he did it with him. And he said that it was literally like one of the best auditions he's ever seen. I'm paraphrasing what mm-hmm. he said. But he, mm-hmm. you know, he asked him had he, done before, had he done it before. You know, Robert told him no. And you know, he said, look, he's going to be great because he was just amazing, you know, in his audition. So, and a good, good for, you know, good for Archie. I know he, he has a clause where he has an opt-out clause where if a, a team does decide, you know, and, and it happens during the season, you know, if, if a team says, you know, if a team says, like, we want to pick him up, you know, he has that option to, you know, opt out of that. But, you know, he's been, you know, he's just, he was already throwing footballs against his own wall, you know, catching them. So I don't know, <laughs> but you know, unfortunately the Ravens didn't call him back and I don't think, I don't think anybody will, but again, I'm sure he'll look, I'm sure he'll do just fine in the, mm-hmm. in the booth. And also he's going to be doing some studio work too. So he'll, he'll be great at it. And he look at, and look, if you saw him, he, he did a little bit of it, you know, during the Super Bowl for, for Bleacher Report, just, he was just outstanding. Mm-hmm. And like, he has been really lucky to have him, like you said, so I think he's going to end up being like the Dan Orlovsky, the, the, the black Dan Orlovsky, I should say. <laughs> uh, Cause you know how some black, yeah. how black folks are. So you know, yeah. but I want those two. I want those two in a booth together. That should be that'll be fun. <laughs> ooh, that, like ooh, I'm sure that hopefully some ESPN execs are talking about this right now. Have like a quarterback room podcast or a yes. segment on sports room with both of them. That would be yeah, great. That'd be cool, right? I mean, that's that's that's. Cool. If they do, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. I want my credit. Yeah, <laughs> you say he wants his royalties, folks, but. Yeah, so yes, I think he's going to be uh, really good at it. And I'm hope look, hopefully Alex Smith lands somewhere. I think he'd be a great. I know he he wants to do it, so I'm sure hopefully he'll be um, you know, a great addition to one of the the networks, maybe CBS or maybe even ESPN. You know, ESPN will find you the will find the room. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully he's not too far behind signing with you know doing some studio and game work this year in NFL or college. All right. You're listening to Sega City Sports Weekend Edition, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As of this recording, Lakina, as we get into your Olympic update, the USA men's basketball team will play for gold against uh, France. We'll give you the re- our Cisco and Eber reviews of the gold medal game in our next episode on Monday. Lakina, as we start your Olympic update, let's talk about the men's basketball team. 
Uh, they defeated Australia uh, going away in that second half. They scored 32 points in that third quarter, including a 20 to nothing run. I watched the majority of that game the other day. Uh, that first half was competitive, but it was terrible for the United States. They couldn't shoot the ball worth a lick. In the second half, they turned up their defense, and shots, shots started to fall, especially from uh, beyond the three-point range. Yeah, I mean, they didn't – They, I just – I caught, like, the first part of it. The good news is, is that um, the gold medal game will actually be on – of course, you know, the game will already be, be – by already have happened by the time this is – by the time this is posted. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think they're – I don't think there's any reason why the U.S. shouldn't win, win it. I, I think mm-hmm. I think they're getting hot at the right time. I think they're starting to mesh, and they, I think they're kind of getting into a rhythm – so, and I think they want to win this gold medal because I'm sure they're hearing it from, you know, from, you know, back home. I'm sure they've seen the social media where people are saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, this team sucks and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it would be a nice, mm-hmm. so, it also be a nice way for Jerry Colangelo, who's kind of the architect of this sort of redeemed team, if you will, you know, to have him go out on top with the gold medal. I still say there needs to be some changes made. Look, I love pop, but this needs to be, this needs to be like, you know, one and done for him because I just don't think his style is going to work with the, it could, you can tell kind of, you know, Kevin Durant is not very comfortable playing this style. So mm-hmm. it's some of the other players. That's why they brought in Keldon Johnson. He, of course, you know, he's one of his own guys from San Antonio, but again, we'll talk about that after, you know, after uh, on Monday, after uh, this is played, but yeah. So I think that, that look, they're not going to be teased by 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 points anymore. That's not going to happen anymore so as long as they look it's not about style points as long as they win i'm people should be okay with it who's in your opinion who's been the top three players for the u.s uh, throughout this tournament uh i would say kd of course um agree uh let's see who else um i know draymond draymond's been kind of you know he's he does some really silly things and some they thankfully you know in the Thankfully, in the in the semi against Argentina, he, Australia, I should say, he actually did get better, which is good. Um, I'll say Zach. I think <laughs> he looks that, older than thirty-one. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, okay, I wouldn't that I wouldn't tell him that you know in the room, but in a room with him, but <laughs> but also, but I think, but uh, I think I think Zach, I think Zach's been playing very well for them, and I also would I would think. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Zach's been the third best player in my opinion, uh, in during this run. I I agree, and also who do I think is? Oh, uh, I'll I'll say Drew Holiday. I'll I'll say Drew Holiday. I, I think he's been kind of like he's mm-hmm. made some big defensive stops for them. That kind of kept you know teams at bay. I think he's showing you why he's all defensive team. He was all defensive team the last couple of years, and and I think look he's been kind of like, and I, I actually commend him and Booker and Chris Middleton and if, and also to Devin Booker as I should say, mm-hmm. the fact that they've been able to come back and actually contribute, <laughs> you know, literally just you yeah. know you know from playing the finals to you know contributing pretty coming overseas you know all the way to you know to the other side of the world and actually contributing you got to give those three those three guys props for doing that so but i think if i had to choose in no order i would say kd zach and holiday what about you i was going to say durant booker and zach levine those was my initial three okay uh, book, book, book is definitely in, in my in my like five top five four or five mm-hmm but yeah, I think I think Taylor's been I think Taylor's been playing pretty well too for the U.S. So yeah, I mean, look, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm you know, hopefully they'll win. Look, it's it's a look, the game's coming on at nine thirty. Of course, it'll be last night, but 
you know, people will be able to watch it. So that's, you know, for folks who have been, it's also going to be on NBC too. So for those who have been saying, oh, I don't want to go on Peacock and then blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's going to be on NBC. So my trigger already said it's going to be in prime time. So you guys don't have to worry about that. But yeah, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be, it should be a good final, but there's no reason why I don't think the U.S. Should, shouldn't win it. All right. What's been happening else with our U.S. athletes in the Olympics this past week as we wind down these Olympics? I wish I had the music in playing. Tokyo. I wish I, 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 wish know, I, I know. I know. I know. Maybe I soon. Maybe soon. Maybe, maybe soon. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, look, Allison Felix winning her 10th medal in track you know, with the 400 meters, you know, winning bronze. And I know some people are kind of disappointed, mm. but look, she's 30. She's 34. So it's going to be hard for her to win the gold. The fact that she even made the team, you can tell she's had five. And also today, they actually, actually, the women actually do have a chance to win. Um, she can actually have a chance to win another gold medal in the four by four for the women. So hopefully they'll have, mm-hmm. she'll have a chance there. Um, I guess say that in track for the U.S., they've underachieved. Just not not good showings in some of the sprints, in some of the sprinting events. I mean, the four by four, the four. I mean, the four hundred meter uh, hurdles. You got a you had a, a great race between Sydney McLaughlin and uh, the defending Olympic Chandelier Muhammad. You know, you know McLaughlin. You know, just edge out Muhammad, winning the gold, bringing her own world record. That was just a great race. Um, Did you see it. the men's U.S. men's uh, relay oh, when they passed God. the baton? Oh, that oh, was terrible. Laura Lewis went off on social oh, media. Oh, God, that was uh, – t- t- tell, tell everybody what happened. Uh, the U.S., I believe, finished sixth, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, um, a mistransfer of yes. the baton. Yes. I like watching those as well, and I know that's part of the track and field. And Carl Lewis – I wish I had the tweet in front of me, but uh, without swearing, he went off. Uh, he's like, whatever they're doing as far as technique and practicing, I'm just paraphrasing him. Whatever they're doing as far as that technique and their preparation, and and, and uh, he's like, it's not right. This needs to be some changes. Oh, he just went off. <laughs> if you okay, if you remember Taylor Twelman when the U.S. uh when the U.S. men's soccer team, I should say, they were having their struggles, you know, not qualifying for the Olympics and whatnot. You know, it was mm-hmm. actually before that, but he basically uh, infamously said. What are we doing? That was basically what Carl Lewis was saying there with that tweet. Yeah. He basically said, mm-hmm. What are we doing? And and like I said, I mean, the, the look, I mean, that four by one for the men has been snake been in the Olympics for the last few years. They have not yeah. won a gold medal since Sydney in 2000. And look, Carl Lewis knows how how it feels because, you know, in his last race, which was a four by one, that's the similar thing happened when he was on that team. So he knows, exactly. That's why he snapped the way why, he yeah, did on Twitter. That's why he Twitter. snapped. People forget that. That yeah, that actually happened. He was on. It didn't happen with his leg, but he was. It was right before his leg. You know, that happened. So mm-hmm. look, I don't. I don't, look. I don't know who runs USA Track, but there's definitely need to be some changes made because they didn't win the gold in the. Um, they, they were they were shut out of gold out of any medals in the four by in the four hundred meters for the men. They were shut out of gold. They were shut out of any medals on the uh, women's hundred meters. You know, they did not win. You know gold there um you know ryan benjamin you know who had you know that the meds we, we, we knew the, uh, the 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 women's uh 400 meter hurdles were good but he just ran to a buzzsaw with carsten walham of he's been who won gold and broke his own his his world record too i mean he's been you know great since very edwin moses-esque i should say you know from mm-hmm. norway just and he's just an amazing athlete and it was going to be hard for benjamin mm-hmm. to uh to win that also, to Grant Holloway, I mean, unfortunately, he didn't win gold. I mean, 
the, the, actually the guy, you know, Harold Parchment, who actually won, actually lost to the guy that has the uh, Parchment, I should say. He actually lost to the guy he idolized. I forgot the guy's name who who he who beat him for winning it. But it was just like just weird irony there. But and and it just you know they they were uh, Richard Benderick and uh, Noah Lyles. You know Lyles was supposed to have, you know been the contender for the two hundred. You know he didn't win there. You know, just it was just like it was just wasn't a good. It just has not been a good. Um, just not hasn't been a good showing for the U.S. in the sprints. I mean, they've they've won a lot of field events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I forgot who. Let me see who won the uh, the women's um, pole vault. Um, I know it was someone from Cleveland. Uh, Katie Nigot. Nigiot, Nigiot, Katie Nigiot, I hope that's, I hope I get her name right. Um, she won the women's pool vault. I think that's the first time that's happened in a while for the, um, for the women. Um, it was a 19 year old who won the 800 meters. And I, for, I, I want to make sure I get her name right. Um, oh shoot. I forgot, I got to get her, make sure I get her, I got her name right. But yeah, she's only 19. I think the sky's limit for her, I think, because you know, Amaha Moo, I think that's her name. She's from Trinity, New Jersey. I, I think Moo, that's her name. You know, she won the gold for the 800 meters for the uh, women. So, and on um, the shot put, the men's shot put, got to make sure I get that right. Um, on the men's side, it was actually, it was actually weird because the same order that won, uh, Ryan Krauser won, you know, broke, broke his, broke his old Olympic record. He won the last Olympics. Also to Jake, Jake, uh, Joe Kovacs, I should say, he won the silver, and Tim Walsh from New Zealand, Tom Walsh, I should say, from New Zealand won the bronze. It's actually the same order that happened five years ago in the real Olympics. That's the first time it's ever happened in the Olympics where they get the exact same order. So it was just, it was just uh, amazing. But uh, yeah, thankfully they've been doing well. The U.S. has done well in the uh, the track and the field events, I should say, because on the track it has not been very good for the uh, the U.S. All right, that's our Olympic update for this week here on Second City Sports with Lakina McGee. I'm Sydney Brown. Last start before I made your announcement, Lakina, I'll just give a summary of this from the sports media world. Uh, as we talked about college football, you'll be hearing more of, of about college football on our program moving forward. We'll tell you why in just a second. Um, the, the University of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, uh, they'll open up their season against Toledo on Saturday, September 11th. Where you can see that game, not on NBC, but on Peacock, on Peacock Premium. Lakina, I've been hearing conversations around. We talked about this before uh, with other teams, and especially in the professionals. We saw, you know, with baseball, they have exclusive rights with YouTube to air one game per week. I think the White Sox are coming up next week. I believe the Wednesday game, I believe, against Minnesota. That'll be the next game on YouTube uh, for MLB. But uh, getting back to Notre Dame, their home opener will be September 11th on Saturday. It will not be on ABC. It will be on Peacock Premium to get you folks to sign up for that service to watch that game. Lakina, as, I, as I'm trying to say this again, uh, we all want and need options to, in, to watch our sporting events. There's nothing like live sports. I think that's the only thing that's pure about television, live events that we have left because everything is streaming now. Everything's on demand. You can watch it via YouTube, Hulu, Netflix, things of that nature. Do you think we'll ever get to the point that live sports will be exclusively streamed and cable TV wouldn't exist anymore? I doubt Do you think it. we'll ever get to that point? I doubt it. I think people I think people want sort of like like you said, so I think people want the options of being able to watch sports 
on their television. I know you. I know. Look, I know we got a lot of cord cutters out there, but mm-hmm. but I think people want that option. You know, I think some folks are going to be traditionalists and not going to want to have mm-hmm. to watch their shows. You know, go on a streaming service like a Peacock. It's, it's going to be another free version of Peacock for those people, for those who are wondering. I know that there's a premium version, but the Notre Dame mm-hmm. game is actually going to be on the the free one. So you just you just, need, you just need an email to sign up, and you're you're good to go in in that front. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess, look, NBC's been kind of struggling with the Peacock app. I know they've gotten uh, Days of Our Lives and also the Olympics. You know, they've put a lot of their stuff on Peacock to get folks to mm-hmm. to get folks to uh, to go to that service. I think that's really what that's about. Yeah. And like you say, uh, to get the numbers and the advertising money back that you that you need, you, know, you have to have people to sign up. So uh I like the options looking up for for streaming. Of course, we talked about this. It was a story early in the season that uh, that of course uh, the New York, not the New York. Sorry, I'm thinking about football. But the the San Francisco Giants and their series against the Philadelphia Phillies early this year. All three of those games from San Francisco were exclusively exclusively streamed on Peacock. Of course, both those teams, their exclusive homes are NBC Sports Barrier Area and NBC Sports Philadelphia. Do you think we're going to see that with the NBA and the NHL coming up soon? You're going to have a few regular season games exclusively on the streaming service. If those are successful, it may turn into exclusively streaming for an entire season. Well, I mean, again, I don't see it happening, especially once when, when okay. the NFL knows that they can get more eyeballs to watch on the television than they would on the streaming app. I might be in denial mm-hmm. here, but I just think that that's going to be probably going to be the case with the NFL is because of the fact that they know that, look, we talked about it earlier with the Super Bowl, perhaps, you know, streaming on pay-per-view. I don't see that happening. I don't think either. that's happening. Yeah, I don't think it's happening because I think they realize that if they want the advertising dollars, the most they can do is get it on, you know, people watching on television. I think, look, the mm-hmm. ratings for the NFL, the NFL is still the number one, um, you know, the, the number one program you know, it's been that way for like the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. So mm-hmm. I, again, you know, that's, that's more money for the networks and for the league. So I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to see it to the point where, you know, it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Hulu live. It's going to be on, you know, Netflix live. I mean, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So I just don't see it. Yeah. I know the NFL has an exclusive deal with, um, Amazon, which starts next year, of course, uh, is only going to be on "quote unquote" free TV, in whichever teams play in those markets for that week. So the NFL is kind of dipped into it already. I want to see if the NBA will try to do it. The NHL, no, they just got back with the marriage with ESPN. They're with Turner now, but will they try it down the road? Yeah, but like you said, I just don't see it happening. Like I said, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, it's gonna, it's going to be an option, but like like we've been doing it, but. It's not, yeah, I mean, it is not gonna, it's not gonna be like sort of like the thing where like, oh my God, let's say it's totally gonna be, you know, exclusively on, you know, this streaming service or that streaming service. It just isn't gonna happen. All right, Lakina, let's close out uh, Second City Sports in pure professional style fashion. Tell our audience uh, the big announcement. Well, also too. First of all, I want, I want to give a shout out to uh, the the the, Can- the Canadian uh, women's soccer team for winning gold. It's the first time winning gold in that discipline, so good for them. Also, too, Gable Stevenson uh, from University of Minnesota, who's defending a uh, national champion in wrestling. I want to. He wanted his discipline. Also, too, the good news is he's still in college. He's only twenty one, but the fifty thousand dollars that you get also get get free for participating in Olympics, and also the two hundred thousand dollars that you get for winning gold. 
he's a, he's actually able to keep that money now. So with the new uh, uh you, know, you know licensing you know fee agreements, he actually can now keep that two hundred thousand dollars. So uh, to play however he wants, he actually wants to uh you know wrestle in WWE. He's getting a lot of love for Triple H and um Ric Flair. Woo! So. You know, I know, look, I know if our guy Lamont's going to be listening to this, he's going to be a happy camper, but uh, just want to give him a shout out too. So <laughs> just want to make sure I give a shout out, but also to the big announcement. Uh, well, we're not, we're still going to be doing this, but we're actually going to be doing it in live form. Now we're going to be live streaming. Live in a living color. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about living. Well, so living color, that might be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> be a bit of a stretch, but uh yeah, we're gonna be on our new home. Actually, it's actually actually our second our, our second home, I guess. But we're gonna be on Sports Zone Chicago. Yep, a new it's a streaming service that's been around for a while. You can it's on YouTube, it's on uh, Twitter, it's on Facebook. You know, this is sort of like the the sports you know sports talk. You know, to kind of give give you an option in case if you're if you don't if you want something different from you know the the two main radio uh, radio stations sports radio stations you know six of course if i was six seven to score at espn but look we're still gonna give you some you know our thoughts we're gonna have still gonna have great guests on but we're just gonna be doing it in a different in a different format actually back to our regular roots which is doing it live we're doing it live folks we're doing it live yes we actually talk about some breaking news as well because uh before we had to kind of not gonna say tiptoe around it but <laughs> we couldn't do what we wanted to do in, in um in, in a way in in um with pre-recording these episodes. Well, it's been great. Lakina, uh, shout out to Kyle Means as well. As soon as I start getting shout outs, I'm going to forget some uh, people's names, of course. Dean mm-hmm. Davis, uh, all the folks at IMS, and of course, all the people we worked with throughout the years. Uh, thank them one and all as well. And so uh, this uh, we're going back to live uh, radio slash podcasting, if you will. So whatever ha- breaking news happens between 12 and 2 Chicago time, that's one Three, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 a.m. to noon in the West Coast. And for those of you in Hawaii, figure out the man, Matthew damn selves. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but we, we're doing it live every Monday and every Friday on Sports Zone Chicago. Find us on uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and on, on YouTube. Our shows will be live. Our shows will be um saved immediately on youtube at sports zone chicago give them a follow Yay. subscribe to that channel you'll uh, if you missed anything uh you can watch it immediately after our show goes off so mm-hmm. catch us live you you'll be able to uh ask us questions live yeah we're not pre-recorded so if you want to ask us questions follow sports zone chicago on facebook follow us on sports zone chicago on youtube you can communicate with us there as we do our show live so that's would be another great thing. And also, too, once football season gets started, every Friday is going to be a football Friday. Yes. We'll give you our NFL picks. And uh, college football will be a premium as well. And also, too. And we're also going to give you a lot of that. And also, too, we're still going to be doing – you can catch the audio version also, too, on WeAreRadio.com. We're still going to have the audio yes. version. Those are going to be up in case you mm-hmm. missed it or in case you prefer we listen to the audio version, which I don't blame you. But <laughs> – and a various and <laughs> a various streaming platforms, you know, on um spot on Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. So we're still gonna have the audio versions up, but you can also watch us live too. So you know, you got options. Yeah. Yes, you can communicate with us live as we do our show that's starting this Monday on Sports Zone Chicago. You can find Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and Sports Zone Chicago 
on YouTube. Shout out to Maya Kai and Sean Sierra and the rest of the crew over there for giving us this great opportunity. All right. So with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, as we move to, excuse me, Sports Zone Chicago. Follow Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and follow Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. And of course, as always, as Lakina says, you can follow the audio version. Follow uh, War Media right here on YouTube at WAR Media. That's WAR Media right here on YouTube. You can find the audio version of Sega City Sports still at War on Anchor. That's WARR on Anchor. We are available all, on all podcast platforms. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for more details. And follow War Media on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much for your support and join us on Sports on Sports Zone Chicago every Monday, every Friday from noon to two Central Standard Time on Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch watch it via their Facebook page or right here on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Please, we need your support. Like, share, still like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Just, just subscribe to Sports Zone Chicago on you know on the various social media platforms. You'll know, follow them. Yes. You know, you can tweet, look, you can tweet them. You look, you can, you can even ask us questions or you can give your thoughts on the Facebook feed and also to all the YouTube feed. So we're right there yes. for you. Yes. For Lakina, I'm Sid. This has been Sega City Sports. We will see you Monday live, local and worldwide via the YouTube <laughs> on Sports Zone Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. Chicago time on Sports Zone Chicago. It's Cub Sox weekend. Your surely will be heading on his way to the Saturday game. Uh, we're not doing anything stupid. You Cubs and Sox fans better not do anything stupid either, or else I'm going to call you out on it. But other than that, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday on Sports Zone Chicago right here on YouTube at from noon to 2 p.m. live. Lakina? We're doing it any live. Any other words? We're doing it live. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. but look, like I said, yeah. the only difference is that we're going to be doing it live. That's really the which we were doing beforehand before we started doing it this way. So we're going back mm -hmm. to our roots, basically. So, Look, you'll yes. be good to each other. Stay safe. And it's going to be a little hot out there. So don't do anything stupid and keep your look. If you're not going to get vaccinated, wear your mask and, and you know, stay safe out there and be good to each other. Still, you know, we're doing it live, folks. You know, this is a second season sports Zoom style for one last time, but we're going to be doing it live. So make sure you guys come in and support us and support our, our buddies, you know, Sean and, and Maya, you know, they, you know, and some of the other shows that are on there too. So till then, we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you on Sports Zone Chicago right here on YouTube on Monday at starting at noon Chicago time. Go Sox. Holla. <laughs>